Welcome everybody to the Venture Podcast. Today we got my homie Peter Kaud. He's a designer, a lot of things, based out of LA. I mean, how would you how would you describe, introduce yourself to the to the listeners in yeah, just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. What's up? What's up? I'm Peter Kaud. Good friends with Dapo. How would I describe myself? How do you describe what you do to your parents? What do I do to my parents? I I try to show my parents that everything they did was worth it. That's a and great answer. Yeah, yeah. I think like that's a better better way to kind of describe yeah. who I am. Yeah, it's I like more cohesive. That, yeah, yeah. I really value family. I think like I'm less hesitant to be like, I describe myself as like a creative, a designer or whatnot. That's just a job to get yeah. income to support your family at the end of the day. Yeah, so like by all means necessary, but to like make them proud. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think that's more who you are. Yeah, you yeah, know? Um, for sure. Maybe that's why I can't keep a full-time job for so long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, did you, like, where'd you grow up? I grew up here. I was born and raised in L.A. Nice. Grew up in uh, uh, Mar Vista, uh, Inglewood area. And then um, went to Culver City. Uh, then I went to Culver Middle, Culver High. And then I went to college uh, here in California. I went to uh, SciArc and architectural school, small architectural school. Before it was, like, really cool. It was in the kind of boroughs of the downtown and the arts district. Now it's become like a, another place. It's a weird place, but it was a good time. First time I learned about like seasons, you know, there's a season for yeah. for every place, season for a job, season for certain people around. And uh, people seasons are- Seasons in LA? No, 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 season as far as like, the school had a season in which like, it was a cool school. It was a mm. good program. Like yeah. there were like good- they're having a moment, yeah. yeah. And like, so like when I talk about it, I'm like, yeah, I graduated SIRC, like to, like class of 2013, not because the class was great, but like the like mid 2000s or, you know, like the 2010s, those were like the golden ages of that, that kind of school. So, yeah. Nice. I mean, did you, like before you went to SIRC, what was, like the journey leading up to that, like like did you grow up being exposed to art and design? Yeah, no. Um, the opposite, actually. My dad is from Egypt and my mom is from Jordan. Uh, so uh, I was the first uh, in my family on from like my brothers and sisters, but also from my cousins to go to college uh, and pick a career. And, um, you know, at first, like, I did. I was interested in, I've always been interested in like building and like things with my hands. So the first career I was going to go into was the automobile industry. So I was going to go become like a mechanic technician. But my dad was like, try again. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, nah, not happening. Uh, And I, 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 it's good that he did that. Yeah, very passionate about that actually. Like, especially growing up as a minority, like, Without any guidance, you're 
it's really easy to be influenced and especially when your parents don't know much and they're like be a doctor be a pharmacist be a lawyer yeah like, that's all they know it's really hard to like make a decision yeah i think at the end of the day they're more suggesting that because that's like their way of like looking out for you whether they're saying it or not it's like i just want you to be good because they worked hard to get here and just like yeah make this living exactly know? it's like a it's like a you know the low-hanging fruit the yeah. easily successful yeah. secure more secure predictable for sure yeah i mean but even going back to the cars like that's something that like kind of comes full circle because you still do that now like you still like still like a passion of yours to like yeah yeah it's definitely i mean one of my really really close friends essex uh, he passed away during covid he went that path and went into cars and so i would like learn things from him kind of like in a way to like like man i, I didn't get to go to the program that he went to um but i was i still love cars and i want to work on them how do we fix things for like on the cheap and like you know he taught me a lot and uh yeah just I think cars in general my dad was a used car dealer so like cars were always in 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 the in the business i was always like driving whatever he had and my car would always be taken away and sold when there's a customer so, <laughs> so you're like kind of vicariously like through them yeah exactly yeah that's 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 cool because like would you say like that is more like well it's not it's like it's kind of self-taught yeah 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 like lauren makes fun of me this is kind of funny like the other day she was like how do you speak so confidently like you know how do you know like like with like so much confidence like you fucking know like, about <laughs> this topic and i'm like because like i don't maybe but like i know enough to like get me 80 percent there and i think that's like enough to like kind of like have like a small understanding i think if you know too much sometimes you don't do shit like you're like you block yourself but I like learning from everyone around me to like, you know, to see the potential for opportunity. Like, why not? Yeah. Like, if you're going to like hang out with a friend and he works in the car industry, if you're not asking questions and like thinking of cool, like, oh, that's an interesting problem in that industry, which I would never get exposure yeah. to. Like, why not? Like, yeah. it keeps my brain kind of moving. It's like you know enough to push the boundaries but like not knowing so much that like you know the limits and you're like constrained yeah. by that yeah yeah exactly exactly like i think like so when 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 essex was working at this car dealership he was working at um i think uh, hyundai in culver city ceramic coating just started to come out like putting ceramic coating on your car to protect your paint and whatnot and I was like, why don't dummy I mean, dealers already upcharge for all this stuff? Like, why don't we just like come in and say like, we pre-ceramic coat your car when you purchase it. So like right off the bat, driving off the lot, you're in like a, in great shape to have your car like paint protected. And we tack on like $1,500 and yeah. we sell it in part of the package. So we went to dealerships and we started pitching it as like, let's provide this service. Yeah. And like, we didn't know much about businesses, so when we did that, they just basically said, oh, you bet, we'll do it, and then they did it. But uh, it was like, 
it was just like a way to like see how things are like not put together and then assemble them. How do you assemble these things? Yeah. I mean, there's like, there's a hustle there too. Of just like, okay, I know I want to do this thing and like, I'm going to figure out what it takes in order to like make this thing work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And even if you don't know how it works, like if you throw yourself in the, in into the situation, then you like quickly learn. Like this is yeah. not how it works and then you got taken advantage of or you saw yeah. somebody else rebuild it or, you know, somebody will tell you like, that's not how it works. We would want this to do this and we would want you to have a business and have insurance and, you know, this is how you become a client and then we'll build a relationship and then, you, you know, you start to like see what is required to create like a realistic like kind of business or whatnot but like you would never know unless you try so like, yeah. it's okay to not know but not knowing is gonna you know asking questions and doing these things are what kind of like drive you to get there yeah like knowing what you don't know not to like ask for help yeah 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 and it takes like i guess it takes like like a certain personality like i love like going into like a home depot or whatnot and like say like excuse me do you know where i can find like this on what aisle but like some people hate talking to people when they go into stores. Yeah. There's like a pride of yeah. just like, yeah, I'm gonna like try I'll and want try, yeah. try and find I mean I've definitely done that before where I'm like, okay, let's see like how long it takes me to find like spray paint yeah. in the store where it's like, okay, but like you like save energy and time asking someone for help than just being like, Oh, I'm gonna like do this thing, like it was like at the end of the day, like what does that even count for? It's like just Yeah, yeah, ask yeah. For help. 100% like what what kind of ego are we saving from or like protecting when we're at we're asking like someone at Target to like help us find something like yeah why do we have to be that protective over yeah. our like you know our knowledge like that's not where it's time to shine for sure knowledge. like yeah. let's just get what we need and get out yeah yeah and like it's like picking your battles yeah yeah 100%, 100%. which I feel like applies to a lot of things like even in like in design yeah. Like, that's something that, like, whether you're, like, advocating for, like, thing to be done a certain way or, like, something that you've, like, put out and, like, you want. I think just wanting to be heard sometimes, like, can stand in the way of, like, you, like, fighting the right battles. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, 100%. Like, we die on the wrong sword just to, like, yeah. prove a point. Exactly. For sure. Which I think... Like, would you say that's something that, like, you knew earlier on, which is, like, okay, like, this is worth fighting for, this is not worth fighting for? No, I think that's, like, something that you grow into, like, mature into. A trick that I do often is, like, it's not a trick. It's not that, like, I'm not sincere about it or I, I don't like working with certain people. But, like, I had a life coach for a little bit. I don't know if I told you. No, I not Yeah, it was great. It was cool. So he is, uh, his name is Elliot. He's out in Portland. Uh, he's, uh the husband of uh, one of Lauren's colleagues. He's amazing. And he started this like life coaching, career coaching kind of program. I signed up, I was like, who cares? Let's do it. Uh, it's tax write off. Like, let's see what it's like. Let's just test it. Like, I've never tried anything like that. Or I've never, um, like, I've never gone to a conference, like a design conference or anything like yeah. that. So I said, okay, let's just do this as invest in it. And the, he taught me a lot. One of the main things he taught me that was really cool was doing these like breathing exercises and these like de-escalation exercises when someone would trigger me 
and some of it was like a rubbing of your finger and then focusing on the ridges in your fingertips and it allows you to like separate the emotional response that you got from um, what was said or what was done and to like put that aside and then really see what were the true intentions of that individual yeah and man that like really made me see like maybe this person is like pushing because they want to feel hurt as well maybe they feel like they're not contributing enough and so they were trying to contribute and just because i think that this is the right way or that they might have something against me let's give them the benefit of the doubt right and when i've done that it like shifts the entire like dynamic of the relationship that's interesting too because i feel like it's so easy to react mm-hmm. to things too and just be like okay like this person needs to like hear my piece or i want to make sure that like maybe this never happens again or i don't get like any number of reasons why you might react to a situation like again just to be heard or like just to make a point it's I feel like it's easy to go to that place. So like yeah, things yeah. like that are like, I feel like are great tools. Definitely. And it doesn't require like much thought to react. Like I hate the type of creative directors like at work, that I work with who are like, you show them work and then they have so much to say when you show them work. But like prior to that, when you're like setting up strategy and you're like strategically planning like the roadmap or the half they have no opinions, they have no direction, there's no backbone. And then all of a sudden you put something onto paper and then they just like start spitting out their opinions. And so those opinions are just like, just reactive. Right? Yeah. So like, like you said, like it's easy to be reactive. It's kind of insulting though Yeah. at the same time. And that's part of the frustration. It's like, there's a lot of hard work that goes into like thinking through this work and then for somebody to be reactive I think that's what kind of triggers a lot of designers. Yeah. So there's like memes around all this stuff, like move it two pixels. It's like, it's because like you weren't part of the process and now you want me to move it two pixels. It's exactly. not, it's not like moving it because that might be right. It's about like, why are you speaking up now? Well, where do you think that comes from though? It comes from accountability. It comes from like, like feeling like you have a partner, like, you know, I'm married. My wife asks me to do stuff. I do it. And like, I'm happy to do it, but I'm happy to do it because like, if I need something from her, she's happy to do it, Yeah. you know? And so like, there's like a love there. And I think like at work, there's an expectation, there's no love, you know? And so when someone bosses me around and they're not like equally like a partner in, in the work, however that like gets manifested, but like, if they're not like a participate, like they're not participating, then yeah like fuck off like like, that's that's yeah or just like not them not knowing what they're looking for in the first place and like oh i'll know when i see it kind of thing and it's not even like a it's not a fair relationship to start with because like they're expecting you to go out on this mission and they're not giving you like the right tools yeah 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 i mean it's like part of it it's like I've been feeling this a lot more is like, I said, this is, this is like funny analogy I came up with recently in, in working with this, um, this team, I won't, I won't say who or, or what company, but 
there's like a struggle between like product and design always, yeah. you know, product, like the product team like has business deliverables that they need to hit and or a metric or whatnot, but they're not really like doing, holding their end of the bargain and like coming through. And so I gave this analogy about if you're not going to be specific and give me the, it's like, think of it as like a, a a movie it's a, 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 a movie that's being filmed right you have actors and designers are like actors you give them the script they read the script and they read it and their magic touch is like inflation in voice you know types of like mannerisms and like yeah. facial expressions and the art of delivery right like real personality personality exactly that's what the designer does but if you come and you say like the scene is like a living room scene with lightly dimmed lights but the conversation is like about marriage but we don't give you but we're not going to give you the script then it's an improv tv show and if it's improv then you can't interrupt the actors when they're in improv and then tell them to change what they just said you gotta let it flow let it flow yeah yeah like yo you deliver a script or you shut up and it's not to be like aggressive it's just like you know you're you disturb the art form you know and like i think as a lot of designers don't mind doing like the product thinking and coming up with like supporting product and playing both roles it's just more of like when we do that and we're asked to like change like change things post rather than like those things being thought through or feeling like you have a thought partner with you then you cause like issues so i don't necessarily like the like how like most product organizations are set up these days but it's also like that's how they're doing it i mean has there been a positive experience that you've had with like a creative director just like or like i haven't had a creative director for a really long time like the like the like old-fashioned like agency style creative director or like you know when we worked together at marcom like marcom had acds and creative directors that's kind of like a an old agency model yeah most people are like now like squads and pods and stuff like that so you have like product design copy and then maybe like uh like engineering the engineering lead and whatnot so no real creative direction but the experiences that I've had that have been good is when I have a real good product partner and engineering partner yeah. or like, and we're discussing things before we start building them or designing mm-hmm. them. Those have been, yeah. they've been, there's been a few. I've had a, a, a lot of great PMs that I've worked with and a lot of great engineering managers that I've worked with. And do you have like a similar role on each project? Would you say, or are you like typically like juggling like different kinds of roles? Because, like, even, like, as we're talking about, like, shifting from that, like, old agency model to the new, like, product model, has your role changed? Like, how you show up on projects, has that changed, like, over time? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's, like, my own unique version of it. Like, I think, like, I have very different skills or, like, I'm very good at doing some things and not others you know like the, t- the like the like the, n- the younger designer today is coming out of school like studying like 
interaction design and, and in human behavior, psychology, and like they're very rigorous. They have systems and, and approaches on how they're building things. I'm like of the model that was like, I did it on my own, right? Like yeah. I wanted to start a company. I did that and I learned how to design. And so I fell in love with uh, designing um, comps and, and, and like UX and, and, and websites and whatnot. But as I, the, I think like the older agency model was best for me. And now that I've adopted this new model, it like, it allows me to be more of the like business kind of mindset, which I really love. Like, cause I'm like a hustler at heart and I want to do, I want to do very interesting things and like big shifts and like set like new customer behaviors. So that part of me is like super triggered and like very excited. I'm not like a standard like product designer on the team. I'm usually like very different than, than most on my team. Which I think is is interesting to see like how that like changes from project to project too. Cause you think that's like more of like a corporate thing or like a small company thing? Like do you think it changes yeah. based on like who you're working with? Or would you say it's like pretty consistent that you're like it sounds like you're wearing multiple hats and you're like bringing like kind of like a startup mentality to the projects that you're on and you're like we're gonna design this thing for x y and z reason to achieve x y and z thing in the business and not just like oh i'm like a pair of hands yeah yeah yeah. i never wanted to be a pair of hands like i'm not in in it to be a pair of hands and that's not for everybody either not everybody some people want to be pair of hands yeah Yeah. they don't they might not admit it but like they don't want to do that other the other work the other work takes a lot of thought takes a lot of time you know it just challenges you in a different way yeah i think like each project is different like in my last job at instagram i had like half a one half where i was like very blue sky you know two to three year range of like how do we bring in this technology to provide like value to the customer like what is the like what does the customer need or the kind of like friction that they're feeling in like the short form creation world? And then like coming up with like very interesting ideas around like assisted like experiences or assistive creation flows. I spent a lot of time in that space. And then like the last half um, that I had, it was completely different. It was like navigating ambiguity, like having a team where like a project was basically going to get shut down and as a designer you had to like explain why the design doesn't provide enough value or there's a not not enough that we can provide that's significant at the at a quality bar that like the company operates at so like therefore like shut the project down so like now you're playing like more of a like strategic partner yeah it's difficult like I even found myself like, I don't want to do this. Like, this is not what I want to do. But that I have to strategic role? No, more of the like, the, the like political fairness of like, how do we say this in a nice way? Yeah. Uh, how do we get everyone on board? How do we move forward? Like, I'm just more of like, more leaning towards like, why isn't leadership like standing up for this and just like making clear lines, like drawing yeah. lines in the sand? You're just saying like, yes, no, move forward. Like, is this you know? the right thing to do or not? Yeah, yeah, 
100%. Some things are just like a quick conversation. And then sometimes we drag them out way too long. So in a corporate environment, you're expected to just be like, drag it. Because like, we can't hurt feelings. And there's like a, if someone above me doesn't want to take accountability, then I, I, I can't just assume that role or I can. And then, yeah. then you start like adding friction. I mean, I mean yeah, that's like a, it's a, it's a tough conversation to have yeah. just to be like, I know maybe designers are expected to perform this certain role in projects, but like in order for this project to work well in the first place, we need to do more of this. Yeah. And those are kind of like also like biases too, like, cause like, how do I know? Like, this is the right thing to do, you know? But I don't think it's about being the right thing. I just want to be open to having an open dialogue where we can say, hey guys, is this right? Is it not? Cause like, I don't want to do like bullshit and you don't. So it's like, it rubs us the wrong way. So I'd rather like have the conversation, but I don't by any means think like I'm right because I've been wrong many times, and I know that. But it's more of just like, can we just pause and be real for a second? Yeah. Um, or try something. That. Or try something, yeah, yeah. We don't need to market. Like, everyone's marketing for us. Even Dick's ha- Sporting Goods has it, and, you know, whatever, Big Five, and Sports Chalet, or Foot Locker, all these companies, yeah. like, they're flexing for us. But then they start taking your profit margins and taking your customer or your customer, their customer wants to hear about the product first yeah. from their like local door rather than like the corporation. And so when the corporation loses like their power, they start kind of like diminishing their value a little bit. So then they wake up to it too. You know? And people pick up on that stuff pretty quickly when there's like either less consistency or there's like just less effort. From yeah. the brand to like share something with them it's just like well, i'm gonna go and get that like yeah have options yeah. like you have i think more and more people are like sensitive to that yeah more and more people now are like you know they say like gen z is like using tiktok for search like they're not searching on google and it's because they want recommendations from real people authentic people authentic people who are not getting paid by like x company to promote a certain product like unless that person has such a influence then they can like begin to say like i work with this company we're going to start like a, our own line or something or my own thing my own scent or whatnot and that's cool they're just like supporting their their favorite influencer but people are are, are, are waking up to to marketing like in a way that's like marketing is is changing and like companies are adopting like newer methods of like approaching customers or they're not or they're not not to trust yeah i mean nike is a classic example right now like they they did something really interesting with colin kaepernick it was like amazing i think like what they did with colin kaepernick was great they should have never dropped colin kaepernick clothing and sneakers and shit like that like that's just like abuse of like the moment and then that's it like stop why did they turn into like a political activist company that sells clothing like no one wants to hear that from them like it's cool because it aligned with sport at the time with 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 colin but the rest of it is seems so inauthentic yeah 
you know, like I just, and then everyone jumped on that trend, 2020, you know, everyone was just like, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, minorities, we stand, we stand together. Like it, it was, I think it was a wake up call for everyone, but I think like a lot of companies like benefited off of like, just like speaking up when they've yeah. never spoken up before. When it's convenient and, and profitable. Yeah. I mean, are there times where like you're asked to do stuff like that and you're like, we should do it this way or like, I just want to be a part of that. Or I, I think those are two separate things. Like, hey, oh, of course. is there like Someone's a better way to do this? Yeah. Or you're going to do this, I'm just not going to be a part of it. Yeah, I mean, like I grew up religious. So like sometimes it's like, Christian, I grew up Christian. I've had people at work like, cause I'm like Egyptian. They're like, oh, you're Muslim. I'm like, why, why you assume that? Like, there's nothing against being Muslim, but like, you know, you can't just like add, like, um, you can't just associate religion and, and beliefs and stuff to someone cause their culture or right. where they're from. Bias. Yeah, just yeah. stupid like yeah. stereotype. But um I forgot what I was like getting at. It sounded like the sort of like values. Oh yeah, yeah. When it goes against your values. So like growing up Christian and like sometimes at work like you I felt uncomfortable with like like in Portland specifically at Nike, like a lot of them would go to like strip clubs after work. And I'm like, strip clubs with my colleagues. First of all, I don't want to be in a strip club. And then second of all, like with your colleagues, like your coworkers, that's like so awkward. And like, how uncomfortable is it for like, you know, you know, the very small like group of women who are on my team, like your boss wants you to go to a strip club. And like, if you don't go, you're like missing out on yeah. like a bonding moment for like getting closer to your managers. Like, this is kind of ridiculous. Yeah. So like some things are just like out of line. Like, yeah. completely out of line. Like, I don't want to be a part of this. Some things that work, too, like, in, in general, but it doesn't really happen that much when you're, like, doing... Unless you're more in, like, a brand space, I think, like... I'm, like, kind of, like, designing, like, experiences and buttons and stuff. Squares and text is basically what I call it. The other end of the spectrum is, like, we set up a workshop for all of us to get together and, like... In the workshop, do, like, club. No, 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 like do something like finger painting or something. And it's like, oh my God, I don't want to do this. Like, <laughs> you know, so like, I think like, <laughs> they don't know what to do on either end of the spectrum. But then also us is like, a, you know, I'm like a, the tail end of the millennials. Like, I don't know what I want from my job either. Like, I definitely don't want like a ping pong table and pizza night. I hate that. Like, I think that's not culture. I feel like sure. that phase is like, past it's past where it's like beer on tap and cereal like it's yeah, only gonna yeah. get you so far <laughs> you know like also it's important like most strip clubs per capita yeah it is awkwardly yeah um and so i went don't get me wrong <laughs> i went as like a part of the experience because i heard portland is like infamous for the strip club but it was just really awkward and i was like I told like one of my coworkers like, yo, the fact this is the only time I'm coming. One time, just whatever. Let's just see it. I'm new to Portland. It's cool, whatever. But I was like, but I should just let you know. Like, I don't know if you know, but this is kind of weird. Yeah. Cause like I was also like, like 
I feel like Portland, like you, everyone works for Nike or they don't, or they don't work in tech, you know, yeah. like that's what you do there. And like everyone around town, you could tell who works at Nike and they're all like born and raised Oregon. And the ones that get imported, like me and a few others, we're just like, what is this place? Yeah. <laughs> it's so awkward. Yeah. So you mentioned Nike, you mentioned being at Apple. How long have you been doing contract work for? Like was Nike wasn't full-time, was it? Was it? Yeah, yeah, I was full-time at Nike. I started contracting like seriously after Nike. I left Nike and I went back to Apple and did I was a independent contractor for them for almost 2 years. It was great. Great run, yeah. So you've been contracting like in total for how much time? I don't know. I don't really look at it like that. I'm always contracting, right? Like, you know, a friend friend just messaged me today. It's like, hey, I'm starting like a new mortgage company. Like, what do you think of this name? Yeah. Like, can you help me get a logo? And I, I kind of stopped doing logos. I don't do logos anymore. I'm like, yo, fam, just go pay for a logo. It's like somebody yeah. would do it for yeah. 500 bucks. I'll pay for it. Just get out of my business. <laughs> you know, I really don't want to do logos. Um, I think there's like something to that, though, just being like, because I had this with like websites, too, where I'm like, okay, I don't want to like build a WordPress website. Oh, I yeah. It's like it's frustrating. You have to like, it's like saying no, not just because of your time, but like if you want to like share work with people, and that's in your portfolio. People are like, oh great, you do WordPress websites. And it's like, oh fuck, like I just burned like yeah, 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 months doing yeah. this thing, and now <laughs> it's like, yeah, what do you have to show for it yeah, to move yeah. on to the next thing? Yeah, oh, I also don't. I don't have a website. Like I had a website, but like I have the the biggest hack of a website. I'll tell you, it's a secret. I basically have like a beautiful grid wall of like all the projects that I worked on. But when you click on it, it has a password. And people have reached out and said like, yo, yo, can I have the password to your yeah. site so that we can like, you know, see your work before the interview or whatever. And I have to tell them like, legit, there's nothing behind it. Like the password is like one, two, three. <laughs> Go for it. And then when they open it, they see a blank template. Because I was just like, yo, I don't got time for this. Like, I'm not even looking for a job. You're looking <laughs> you're looking for a candidate. I'm not looking for a job. You're looking for a candidate. So that's interesting, too, because I, like, I remember coming out of college and I was like, oh, yeah, like, case studies. You have to in the beginning. Yeah. You have to because yeah. you have to sell yourself. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, you have to be like, these are my skills. This is what I can do. And I, I think that's still right. I think it's fair. I don't think you should like work for free, even though I did what when I was when I was starting off. But I think that's kind of going away. Some industries is not like there was like a lot of controversy recently around like the architecture industry with like really bad comments yeah. from people saying like, suck it up and like, you know, have a hustle on the side. Like, don't tell me to have a hustle. But it's also so much work. In architecture, oh, yeah. you're like you're busting your ass oh, yeah, in those yeah, first yeah. couple of years, and like not just first couple years, ten like years, decades. yeah. And then, then what? Like, yeah, then you get to a point where you're like a senior designer and you make a hundred k. It's like right. okay, right? Nice. So like, you know, what does that really mean? I think right. like, uh, 
And it's like, a, that's the kind of industry where they kind of like tormented you and ridicule you. Like, it's where I learned critiques and how to get tough skin. Like, yeah. when they gave us critiques, like, they used to shit on us. Like, dude, the, that was the excitement. Literally, they didn't care what I said. I would just, like, present. And then the, the critics were sitting, like, in a board or, like, arguing with each other, flexing on each other. Just One is, like, bringing up historical references and, like, arguing the point of, like, why this is, like in alignment with like another architect's like theory or yeah. philosophy and like they're basically just like showing how just trying to display knowledge yeah like, display knowledge like, yeah it's a demonstration of knowledge dick swinging kind of it's all dick swinging yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and like the poor person upstage like presenting is like not even getting feedback yeah it's just like dick swinging in front of them it's a weird industry it's changing i hope it changes for the better but yeah i mean it didn't stick around long enough to find out (laughs) yeah architecture fashion like those industries where like you're just like you're probably working for no money Mm -hmm. and then you're expected to do all these things like not to say that like i think there's definitely some phases in the career where like you like kind of gotta do a little bit of everything before you then like get to that role where you're like a little bit choosy you know definitely Definitely. And did you have any, like, roles like that growing up? Like, I know you mentioned, like, working for free, but, like, were there any things that, like, you started out on that, you're like, okay, like, I'm just going to put my head down and do this. Working for free? Working for free or just saying, like, I'm going to put my head down and do this, and it'll lead to something. But this is what we're doing now. Yeah, 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 yeah. A lot. Like, most of my life. Like, um... (laughs) Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, yeah no, no shame. Like, uh, I was a little afraid to talk about it before because, like, you know, my first, like, big job, first corporate job was at Apple, and it was, like, six figures. So, like, I remember Peter Cologne. Shout out Peter Cologne. Savage designer, too. He's an amazing um, good friend of mine. I met him at Apple, and he was, like, the, like, realest person. Like, as soon as I got there, he was like, yo, you're the new guy. What's up, fam? And then I was like, oh, my God, I feel so, like, at home. Yeah, and you like, take a deep breath. Yeah. Like, you're just not like, just... chill. Yeah. yeah. Just felt, like, so scared going in. And, like, this is the funniest thing. I, I don't tell many people this, but, like, I got all these emails of, like, people who are like, oh, 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 I'll be oh, oh, oh. And I'm like, yo, everyone's going to this, like, oh, 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 music. What is that project? And then Peter was like, shut up, don't ever mention that again. Like, OOO stands for out of office. It's like they're taking the day off. Like, <laughs> he's like, how did you get this job? How did they pay you so much? Like, what did, he's like, anytime you need a, you have a question, you come to me before you go to anybody. And he helped me out a lot. He saved me a lot, yeah. the, the desk researching. And for like, sure. Uh, you know. Taught me everything. Yeah, good guy. And, and like going back to like in, uh, in like fashion, and like kind of what we see in like in, in architect in, in product design so daniel lee was like the creative director for bottega veneta and i've loved bottega veneta for a long time but in the last few years two years three years he brought the green and like yeah. this new fresh wave to the product they've always been a company of like high quality that's what why they're expensive not because like they're like 
Dior or they're like, you know, something like that's trendy or whatnot. Um, they have that like lifetime guarantee now with like their leather goods too, where I think so. Yeah. Anything like rips or stitching comes apart, they repair it or they replace it. I'm pretty sure. But I've had like a wallet from them for like five years. Looks brand new, like it's just good quality. But this guy, Daniel, like put it on the map to another level. Mm. And I feel like <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy, but like I've talked to a lot of friends who also agree and have said the same thing. So I'm not, I'm, all, I'm probably like the only one who's like on a podcast saying this, but when you like have that much impact, shouldn't you get like part of the, like the payout? Like, and it's why he quit. Like he left. He's like, he's like, bet. Like you're not going to give me residuals based off of the growth. Yeah. He wasn't seeing the gains. For yeah. The so why would I stay? Yeah. He goes, all I need to do is quit and go. And he went to uh, Burberry now and go to Burberry and ask for five times my salary. So they'll pay it because yeah. they saw what I, the impact that created. Yeah. So I think like this old notion of like, oh, your, your, your resume is starting to look kind of sketchy because you've been jumping around or you've only been a couple places a couple of years. Like that's so dated. Like if yeah. you're there for years, that might be a problem. Yeah. If you're jumping, maybe it's a problem, but you should also hear, hear the person out and see what happened. And also, I think people have like different reasons for staying at companies for that long, where it's like, if someone's there, they might need just the security of being there. 100%, yeah. They might have been there since like it started, and they just like have yeah. like a certain position that like they can't find anywhere else. And the same for like why some people might quit. Like, I left Apple. Not because I wanted to, but because I know how secretive they are. And they would never allow for me to work from home. And when COVID hit, I was like, uh, I want to move to L.A. Me and uh, my uh, wife now, we said we're moving to L.A. So we moved to L.A., bought a house. We're not going back to Cupertino or Sunnyvale or whatever. So, you know, just like cut it off now. Every month, be like, I might come in. I might yeah. come in. Yeah, you know, it's we'll just, just too much stress. Yeah, and move on with your life. So I was just honest and I was honest with them and said, like, dude, I don't want to do this. Like, yeah. I like my job. I like the people I work with. You know, it was fairly easy, light work, but there was like a level of respect. It was a good organization, the way it was set up. But I had to leave. Yeah. And I took a play I took a job somewhere where they were like, Yeah, you can work from out from anywhere. So just like Yeah. I think that's also just like you're advocating for yourself. Yeah. And that's something that like also like takes time to like understand like what to ask for, how to ask for it. Yeah. And yeah, there's like a maturity thing there too. Yeah. you understand like what you need to just like make a living have peace of mind and like go for that definitely and like I don't like you know when we talked earlier about how I learned from my friend who went to school to be a mechanic and I learned from my dad and his experiences even like how they immigrated here and my uncles and aunts and stuff I learned from everyone 
one of my like good friends is the guy who owns the gas station in the corner right here. Yeah. I go there, we talk watches, we talk pens, we talk cars. Like he's a very cool guy. He's like an investor. He has multiple like rental properties here. Like we just become friends. Yeah. To the point where like if, he, if Lauren pulls up to put gas at night, he looks out for her. Like he's like great yeah. guy. So just like learning from everyone and everything. Like there's so many people we hear that like they focus on their career and then they wake up and they're like 40, 50 and they're like alone. And they're like wondering like, I don't want to be alone by choice, but like I went so hard on my career that I have no partner, I have no family. No balance. No balance. Yeah. And then they're seeking balance and they're seeking it at work. So yeah, so I prioritize me and, and my happiness and my family and like, you know, Maybe that takes you on like a weird journey where you go to like a couple different companies and you see different things and how things work at different companies. But it was all like about focused on like me and my family. You yeah. Know, like what we are looking for, not what, you know, CEO makes hundreds of millions is looking for. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like it's not something that's given to you. It's something that you kind of have to take. Yeah. And say like, okay, well, like, it's as much about like it's not just like what they're giving like okay yeah they're like they're giving you there's this opportunity there's like a check attached to it mm-hmm. but i think there's also more than that it's also like it's a privilege to think that way too because like some people do like need to like take the job or of course i used to say like the opportunity to like be here is the gift. Yeah. It's not about the money or the paycheck or whatnot. Like I was driving Uber and Lyft every day, every night after like 5 p.m. In the daytime, I was working for free for a friend of mine who's a front end and back end engineer. And we were building a product. I was working for him. And then I would interview in the mid in the midterm, like in the middle of the day or try to interview. I was like failing drastically. And then I would drive at night. And then every night I would earn like 60 bucks, 100 bucks. I even hustled the Uber thing. Like I would like, I made like an account for my dad and they had this program where like, if you drive 50 like rides, you get like a bonus of a thousand bucks. So I like, I made an account for myself. I did it, I got the thousand. Then I made an account for my dad and I drove under my dad's name and made another thousand. <laughs> then I put an account for my brother's name and then drove 50, 50 rides and made another thousand. Like I was just like, hustling the system to stack as much as I can. Yeah. And so I would do that. And so when I got my first, like, no one wanted to hear me out or even, like, look at work. Yeah. One job was, like, I, om- I almost went to Abercrombie and Fitch, and they were, like, we're in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, the corporate. Yeah, corporate. Yeah. And they were, like, the job pays uh, 70000 a year. It's in Columbus, Ohio. They're, like, and you're based out of where? I was, like, I'm in L.A. Ooh. And I was like, what do you mean? Ooh. And they're like, are you sure you want to come to Columbus, Ohio? And I was like, yes, I need a job. I need experience. Like, I'll do anything. Yeah. Just like, get me in. So I know what that's like. Like, for sure, it's like privilege to be like, I'm not doing this. I can't, I like. But you also hustle. You, 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 it's not privilege when you've been oppressed. Or yeah. Like, or when yeah. You have, you know, when you're not given the keys. Like, yeah. you know, like I earn a lot of stuff and like my parents fought really hard my family fought really hard 
you know, I got to do what's best. Like, yeah, having that was handed to you, like, you, I think there's, like, a resourcefulness that, like, you have to have, like, coming up, like, hearing from some of the experiences that, like, you've been talking about, like, that resourcefulness, like, is something that you need to have, like, to make it to where you want to be. Yeah. And, like, I think, like, one thing, like, I, I didn't spend any time doing this, which is feeling guilty, feeling bad. Like, I think social media pushes you into doing that. When you see, like, others have things that you don't have, you get yeah. envious. <clears throat> and envy is really just, like, uh, a fear that, like, you can't have something that you desire. You know? You know? Uh, there was a... I saw something. It was, like, I'm not envious of, like, someone who has, like, a $10 million loft in New York, like, because I don't have no desire to be in New York, you yeah. know? So why would I have envy? So it comes from something that you want or you're seeking, but you're afraid that you can never have it. Something. Right. So I've never really been envious. And so because I haven't been envious, I've been able to, like, be friends with people who are, like, one of my friends growing up, his dad is, like, a big big um, commercial real estate uh, investor. And he grew up with like, his first car was like a Ferrari, uh, Italia. Like, it's insane. Like, he has had every single car that he's wanted. But I'm still his friend. I'm able to be friends with people who have nothing and people who have everything. And be able to see the contrast between the two and understand like how somebody got to something and just like leave ego on the table or like, away and just like be with people people who are willing to also do the same then you begin then that's when you become like really good friends you know and you can learn from anybody yeah that's the anybody best in anything it, yeah yeah but it's hard like not everybody can just like make friends with like random people and don't get me wrong like some people i don't want to be friends with like, yeah you know like i can make a friend with someone and they want to like get closer and I'm just like you know is this like contributing to me or you or like both of us like yeah I just want momentum though yeah like I don't care where you come from what you have or who you are but like where are you trying to go yeah you know what I'm saying so if you're not trying to go anywhere and you're just like talking about like current situation or the past yeah then we're just not gonna get along but if you're moving forward it doesn't matter what stage you're in like you're progressing yeah. And so you're also a learner. So yeah. when you meet people like that, it just, I just click with them like instantly. Yeah. Like we're both like, we're trying to be on a trajectory. It doesn't matter who's going what speed. Yeah. We're both moving towards something. Yeah. And I think there's like plenty of people that like to like just talk about things. For sure. And like not, not even put the effort to like try and make it happen. Like I had a friend who did like uh, his first uh, charity event. He spent years like trying to figure out how to make this happen, how much it's going to cost, how much help he needs to ask for. And he's like, it took so much out of me to do that, mm-hmm. but I would do it again. And mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, like you just, you separated yourself from all the other people who have just talked about doing something. Mm-hmm just based off the fact that like you got people together to make that thing happen because there's so many people like 
as we're sitting here right now, we're like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Wouldn't it be cool? If, like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. Shut up. Yeah. I mean, the negativity that comes from, like, when you're pushing towards something is hilarious. Yeah. Like, I got shut down. But, like, aside from me, let's, like, talk about your friend for a second. Because I think, like, it's just an interesting example of, like, if you stay quiet and you continue on your grind, like, you're going to be like, this was worth it. Yeah. And you don't have to have, like, the bullshit and the negativity. But even when you do it, then you have people say, like, that looks easy. And they're like, I want to do that as well. The result. The result. They love the process. So they're just like, they might ask, like, hey, I really like what you did. That was so cool. I kind of want to do the same. Right. And then, you know, you know, I like, when I broke in, like a lot of people from like Sire hit me up and say like, how'd you break in to like UX product design? And uh, I want to do the same. And I'm like, for sure, let's talk. And then I sit with them and I talk to them and I like kind of like come up with a plan, help them like, let's strategize, let's get around this, let's do this, let's just yeah. make a couple fake projects and then like I'll review it and then like I'll give you feedback and I'll show you how to grow. These yeah. are the tools you need to learn. You know, it's pretty easy if yeah. you just do this and then they don't have fall through and then they're mad. Like, who's to blame? That's on you, you know? That's yeah. on you. Yeah. Or they just see it and they think it's like easy. Yeah, see it, it's easy, and then you, like, actually get into the weeds of it, and you're like, oh, shit, like, this is it's a lot of fucking work. Just make yeah. this thing happen. Yeah, I mean, like, the, like, my coming up story was, like, partially with the Uber thing, but the Uber actually, like, it was with Lyft. I was driving Lyft one day, and I picked up this guy. He was, like, a creative. And I was like, oh, what do you do? Blah, blah, blah. I talked to so many people. It was fun because I got to like learn about different things yeah. by just chatting with people in LA. One dude was like, Oh, I do like creative for like Nike, Adidas, I've done stuff for like Mountain Dew. I'm like, okay, like Red Bull, like all these like companies. He makes signage like graphics. So I was like, how do you get these kinds of clients? Like, how are you freelancing these clients? And he told me about this platform called Working Not Working. So I jumped on. But they were like, it was invite only. I was like, I banged him. Please invite yeah. me. And he's like, bro, my Uber driver. You <laughs> sure? <laughs> and I was like, I bet, I promise. Like, I'm putting my portfolio together. Yeah. I sent him my portfolio. I texted this dude and I like banged him. He put me on, like you have like a credit that you receive so you can vouch for someone. Yeah. And then they look at your work and they approve you. So he vouched for me. I got in. A week after I got in, I got the call to go work for Apple or like to interview. Then I interviewed and got the job. So I always like shout out to Mike. Like he's like super dope. And like a year back or something, like my homie went to work for working, not working. And then I told him the story. And then he was like, yo, yeah, that actually like they saw him post that story and they were wondering who was the designer. And I was like, oh yeah, don't say shit. Cause like, I'm not trying to like have yeah. no, was like, <laughs> that was my whole situation. But yeah, I mean, he looked out for me. So I always yeah. look out for people, you know, so many people have looked out for me and I try to just return the same. No, you're, you're great at that. Just being like, Hey, this is how I did it. Sharing the tools, sharing the, like, even like what we're sharing right now, like the stories about like, how some of these things came to be and it's like it's on it's on that person to just like take it and say like okay 
how would I actually apply this thing that I'm learning and not just like try and take shortcuts. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes you have to like, you know, eat shit. Like, if I got lucky because like, honestly, I wouldn't have gotten a job at Apple like with the experience that I had. I got a job at Critical Mass, the agency, and you know, no shade to Critical Mass. Like, I love them. They gave me my fresh start and everything like that. But, you know, the circumstances were like, we need asses and seats. Yeah. Like, we need hundred designers to support this like new client we got so they were gonna hire whoever can use photoshop so you know i don't know if that's why i got hired but i was like i'm definitely here so i'm gonna have to prove myself and do something you know like yeah that's why i would you know cologne you know peter cologne and i would say the opportunity is the gift because right now i got the opportunity to shine i have to outshine everyone everyone who's had the experience other companies they've been at have to be like on their level and better yeah and that's the only way and then that's how you keep building relationships somebody sees you and they're like yo you kill it you crush it like i want him or her on this project like that's how it works but even before that i think like what you were saying about like making projects creating your own grief basically to prove that like yeah, that's kind of hard though if you've never if like I didn't know what out of office was how the hell am I going to yeah. know what brief is you know yeah. so like to brief myself is kind of naive the way I briefed myself though was like I came up with a problem and I built a whole company yeah. and I tried to make a startup like and then I raised money and then I built the product and I solved it in like a wacky UX and it wasn't good but at least I learned and yeah. my brief was the, the, the business I was trying to build, which was like, you have, there's a hard, it's very difficult to share someone with someone, your personal brand, show yeah. them like who you are, what you do professionally, what your services are, your phone number, and all of your social handles in one place. Yeah. So I wanted to do like a digital card that like has like, like video, you can upload yeah. video to it. That was like the business. So that's the brief, but I didn't see it as a brief, like, yeah. you know, yeah, I think like all those like terms aside, it's like you saw an opportunity and you're like, how to address it? Yeah. Simple. It's it just yeah. something that like how you package it. But it helps though. It yeah. helps because like if I package it and say like I was really frustrated about something and so I started this like I made this like uh, I made this app. That doesn't sound as like like I would hire that person and pay them X amount. But if somebody said like, we came up with a brief around a particular use case where people had, you know, now you're like, fuck, how much am I gonna pay this guy? Like, yeah. it it really sets the bar for like, like literally I could have a my resume like the way I write it gives me the the role that I'm seeking. Yeah, like I had friends help me change things and say like, Peter is uh, a multidisciplinary designer who's like strategically these like buzzwords but these like words that come together to like really like sell you i don't know it's it's fluff it but it also if you know how to do the work that's all that matters if you know how to think that's all that matters but i also think that like it it goes back to 
like if you don't have the work to show that you can do the job, like you haven't been given the experience, you mm-hmm. haven't been given the, that opportunity, it is something that like is really important to just like know how to like present yourself just to make sure that like, okay, like maybe the project wasn't real mm-hmm. or like maybe the company like was short lived or maybe the project wasn't real. Like I've had projects like in my portfolio that like was like a, it wasn't a real startup, but it was something that I was like, hey, like these are the kinds of like skills that I applied to like make this thing happen. And this is how to apply it to a real project. So it's like, you can kind of like judo those things into like something that applies at the job you're going for. It just depends on like how you present that. It doesn't mean that, like you still have the skills. Yeah, still, yeah, yeah. I think that's, that's what it comes down to. Like that's 100% what it comes yeah. down to. Like my cousin's in, the, in music and like, you know, I keep telling him, I'm like, you're not gonna make it when you get an introduction or when you meet this particular artist or if you like get like your music mixed by this like famous engineer. Yeah. Like you have to be good at your craft and the moment that you meet like someone who's like very successful, you're already ready. And so like them like seeing you or giving you an opportunity is going to go further because you're ready. Yeah. But if you're not, if you're like waiting for the opportunity to like float you, if you're not ready, you're not, the opportunity doesn't mean anything. Yeah. I've made introductions to people where they're like, do you think I can get a job there? And I'm like, yeah, sure. I can put you in. And I put them in and they're not ready. They don't get the job. Yeah. They're like, it's not about the plug. It's not about who you know. Yeah. You've got to know someone maybe, but you have to be ready, right? Yeah, you got to stay ready to keep from getting ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's just something that, like, asking for, like, an introduction and, like, not knowing what it takes. Like, because you're like, oh, yeah, like, I saw someone, like, make this thing. I think I can do it. Mm-hmm. Versus, like, okay, I can actually, like, I've, like, kind of done the work to make sure that I can, like, do product design. Like, I have these specific skill sets to apply to a project and actually contribute to a team that needs like something shipped in that like realm and not like saying like oh yeah like I I think I know what it takes but like actually like putting yourself to the test and saying like oh okay like yeah 100% I think like a lot of it like would you say it's better to start full-time or freelance coming out of you have like a is there a preference if you were like go back and say like okay i'm starting from yeah square one like when i went to community college so i didn't go straight to a four-year and then my sisters were going into college and i was like go straight to yeah the uc or you know wherever you're gonna go so cindy the second uh youngest she went directly to a four-year college graduated in four years and then went to law school and graduated in the three doesn't make her much happier but i it doesn't really make that big of a difference but when i went to community college i lofted around for so long you know i got bad grades i didn't focus and then until i found architecture i went to another community college all the way in pasadena and then i started getting like straight a's as soon as i was like interested 
I said, I'm doing great. And then I transferred and I went to a, a, a full-time, like a, a bigger university. But I wasted a lot of time. Like, I, like I'm telling you, my first big, like my first corporate job, I was 27. I went from zero to 100, like literally <laughs> 27 to, you know, <laughs> it's like, so when the it drink out, experience. Drop, I was like, yeah, yeah, zero to 100, very quick. <laughs> I mean, even like going to the example that you just gave with college, like, would you say that the things that you're doing typically align with the things that you're passionate about? Like, are you like, usually engaged in the thing that you're working on? Or would you say, like, it comes in waves? Well, I bring up the college thing because I think it's kind of to your question of, like, do you go in-house full-time or do you go, like, agency or freelance? Yeah. And, like, the agency model is kind of like the community college kids. Yeah. You know? No shade. Like, I went to community college. You feel like there's less risk. When you're at a full, full like a university, yeah. there's like a, a an invisible pressure of like I have two years to take general education courses, then I have to really drill down on my two years to get out of here. Yeah. When you're at a community college, you can take classes for four years. Yeah. And then transfer. So it's like, I think I learned a lot because I was able to do. I did ceramics. I did aerobics. I did boxing. Yeah. I like I met people at the gym that we did boxing at, and like. You made friends and like I started surfing because I met a friend like at SMC when I was there, uh, Santa Monica College. So there's like still value in it in other ways. Just shapes you different. I just I've never heard someone compare like community college to agency model and like four year to corporate model. But there's a lot of like parallels there that like make sense. Yeah, like yeah. you know. If you're con- like a, my my counselor in co- in high school was like your grades are not the, the best and you also like don't know exactly what you want to do so I wouldn't go to a four year where you're paying like three times the the cost yeah just go and find out what you want to do and like kind of dabble so the, that feels like the agency model it's like yeah. today I'm working on Sonos and then tomorrow I'm working on like Apple and then the next day I'm working on like you know Diesel yeah whatever you know so i guess like that that comparison yeah that's kind of how i feel about it but they're both good yeah i mean i think that it's also like it's not for everybody like agency's not for everybody in-house isn't for everybody it's like picking a lane because like i have friends that like i work with at agencies that like they like very quickly arose to where they're at now because that model works for them and like there's a lot of like mm-hmm. like politicking and like things that are involved and just like making sure you're like getting to that level that you want to be at um in x amount of time and then like same thing with like corporate where you're trading you're making trade-offs yeah you know? what are the trade-offs to you for agency i think it's more about like you kind of have to be ready for anything yeah in corporate there's like more it's more predictable yeah there's more like you're expected to like stick to like a certain kind of like design system or like way of doing things that like sometimes has been like established way before you got there and like sometimes doesn't change yeah 
with agency, I think things move around a lot more. Like, looking at something, like, I remember seeing, like, Nike Air Max Day stuff coming up, and, like, it looks so different every year. And it's, like, a different agency working on it. It's a different character, a different kind of, like, world that they're kind of, that they're trying to build, but, like... Yeah, I've seen a lot of agencies just, like, they're just, like, it's, like, a little, like, reckless. Like, it's, like, do what we want. Do something sick. And just, like, all you're doing is doing it cool enough so that you can sell the next client. Yeah. And um, it's just, like, it, it doesn't really work for product design. Like, agency model works well for, like, brand. Or in the, in the previous, like, world when we had everything was, like, a website. Yeah. And it was, like, Flash or... I wasn't doing websites in that like back then, but in that world, you can miss, mix and match and do all this kind of crazy stuff. Today we have like design systems and they're like the button always looks like this. Yeah. Like what are you trying to do? So, I see, I don't really see that many agencies doing like product design stuff unless they're like embedded. Yeah. You know. I feel like with agencies, there's a lot of like new. Yeah, they're, like, hired to come give, like, a fresh perspective. There's no agency that can come in and do real product design. Mm. Everybody who comes in does product design, they're, they're like, poster designers. Like, that's what I call, like... Yeah. If you're a brand designer, be a brand designer. I have mad respect for brand designers. But if you're a brand designer saying that you can do digital, you, like, are trying to design, like, cool-looking posters into websites. And that's, like, to me, that's microsite bullshit that, like, yeah. you sell clients, you charge them, like, 300K to build them this crazy website that's all parallaxed out and, like... You might never use that model. You'll again. never use it again. It's trash. Like, it doesn't work in mobile or it works only in mobile. It's broken in, in desktop. So just, like, it's a, it's a vibe they're selling. Yeah, yeah. So if you're selling a vibe, you're a brand like agency but I think there's like an opportunity to create a product design focus agency where you can go into a company and be like let me put coals into your product yeah let me show you like where we can help you no one does that mm. no one does it well I mean there's like instrument does it but they they're like minimum million dollar retainer you know that? Like, we no, don't to start this. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, I had a homie reach out to Instrument to ask for work. Like, at Nike, Lauren was paying Instrument like $10 million or something a month. Jeez. Or a year. Sorry, sorry. A year for, like, production. Still. Yeah. Easy. And that's, production like, one, that's one segment of the business, small thing that they were doing. They had other accounts within Nike doing other stuff. No, but just, really, yeah. like... You know, this is like normal. You can talk about this, but like I had a friend, he, like I designed the full experience. All I need is like the implementation from a text perspective. Yeah. All the screens are done. Instrument came back, million dollars minimum. And they like de-scoped his whole thing. It was like one million, like to just do this MVP. And he was like, what is this? And like people are paying it. But it's like bigger company. They have like a lot of big clients too. Yeah, because it's not worth their time, or else the right. they, because they're at a point where they're like, they can be like that. There was a company called um, 
there's a company in New York called Red Antler. Mm-hmm. There's a company here called like Sandwich Video in LA. Like those companies will do it for cheaper, but they take yeah. a big percentage of your company. Yeah. Like they take like Red Antler is like the ones that did like Casper, Parachute, Parker, Parker. Yeah, all those like D to C branding. They're all the same website. If you didn't notice, like basically same exact damn template. Yeah. And they're just reskinned, rebranded. So it's like, it's it's cookie cutter shit. Yeah. It's like, we got a cool Shopify page. And yeah. Now let's like change the colors, and then all of a sudden it's a different brand. Yeah. So they all look the same. And, and I think that's uh, a great works, opportunity. Whatever. Who cares? Yeah. It works, and like people are willing to pay. Like the guys who. The people who started it, I don't know who they are and never looked into it, but like they're happy. Yeah. They have equity in like so many big companies. They've launched so many big companies. Yeah. They're sad. What was it? Um, Gin Lane. Gin Lane's kind of like that. Gin Lane. Yeah. Like Gin but Lane those are still like there. brand specific. Yeah. Like, you know, who, like every other company comes to like their product product they have to hire either freelancer or they have to hire full-time yeah they can't hire like an agency to help clean up their like digital product unless that and does there's reasons i think a lot of it has to do with engineering yeah but you know but i I still i think it's needed yeah talking full-time roles what made you want to switch to a full-time role I actually didn't like. So when I le- I left Nike out of Apple, where I was contracting, I went full time to Compass, it was a real estate company, and they just like are not hiring like freelancers like that. Um, and one of them, and I had a bad experience at Nike, and so like what was the the most important thing for me at the time was like a good manager and a, and a manager who's like a person of color and I found it all like I found like my manager was a person of color uh, I was also a woman which I was like very excited about because most of the people I had to report to were men in this industry is a lot of men and so that was very refreshing and just like she was just so she was extremely intelligent and diligent and like her follow through was amazing even just from like the interview so really it was like a per- like on a personal level um i was just like i can enjoy this like even if the overall experience is bad like i have someone who has my back i think like it's pretty clear that like companies like I think we're at a point where companies don't say like we have to hire diversity they need to so they want to hire us for that fresh perspective and different perspective and different way of thinking because they just need to like solve problems that like you know they just can't see past i I don't know i see a lot of value in like diversity of thought as well as like diversity of like perspective and opinions but yeah i went full-time because of uh, like a new experience, like good manager, and uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was something that like I was talking to my friend Isaiah about the other day when it comes to like hiring good people versus hiring people that might look 
a certain way because you're hiring for people that might think a certain way that could push the team forward mm -hmm. and allow for also people that look different to bring their perspectives in and it's actually welcomed it's not just like you're trying to check a box yeah yeah you could tell when somebody's when a company's just trying to check a box like yeah. there were like four people of color including myself at nike when i was there i had up a team of like you know 150 people so you know having only four people and three of them leaving is like speaks volumes you know you know you don't have to you know you don't have to guess if it's like they're hiring to take a box you can just see it yeah, there's trust there's trust yeah. yeah and like there's also a tax too like you're like this is how much i need because <laughs> yeah. you need me like why why not i mean we talked yeah. about that before too and you're like oh i've like turned down like full-time opportunities mm -hmm. when they were offered like that's for a reason that's not just yeah. like I think there's like a principle yeah. there. Principle, yeah, 100%. And like, I joke about it. And like, when I talk with friends, I'm like, I I said this, I did that. And like, I'll show you. Like, I, I do say that, but straight <laughs> up. But like, not in a, in a very professional and like, in the way they want to be spoken to. But like, you know, like that, I really love that new Drake line. He's like my favorite line from these white boys is sign, sign here. here. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's what that's what I'm gonna do. It's like, this is what it is. And like a lot of people unlock those things for me too. Like my homie Thomas, you know, Pergiato's amazing brand designer. He was the one who first showed me. He's like, dude, they pay like two hundred dollars an hour. What are you doing? You know, like step it up, like get on your shit like it was interesting actually we were shopping in sf we were going to get grab coffee and then lunch yeah and like we walked into a store uh i think it was acne and like he just walked in saw a jacket that he liked he's like oh this is fresh and i was like that looks so good you should grab it and i love shopping but i have never been to this store and then the jacket was like 450 bucks or 475 or something and i was like yo put that back <laughs> yeah right and he's like oh, i'm getting it and he bought it and i was like no way like yeah. how why like why how what the fuck like i had no idea and i always heard and i always knew like quality quality or whatever but like that was like next level like that was like that was not even a warm jacket it was like a casual it was jacket like a, it was a vibe jacket once in a while jacket uh, it wasn't even like a staple piece, you know? So I was like, damn, flex, like something was wrong. So like, you know? really be like that. Yeah. I was like, how do I get like that? <laughs> but I think it, it does take like some people to just like maybe put a battery in your back and give you the confidence to ask those questions. Yeah, yeah. And like it's in it's in the same context of like what I'm doing. So it, it, it really like opened my eyes. Like I have a lot of rich friends growing up. I grew up in LA, friends who like are like live in Beverly Hills and like and I'm like okay it's not attainable your dad or your mom like did something successful like one of my friends growing up like her mom flips hospitals she makes like four or five million a year flipping building hospitals selling them right back to like Kaiser or like bigger corporations and so she was like loaded but like it wasn't doing graphic design or yeah. UX so when I saw like a friend just like flex like that i was like something's off 
even Isaiah, yeah, yeah, yeah. even Isaiah, like I would be like, how? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's it's like a someone's putting you on on game. Yeah, put it on game, and it's and it's cool. And when they do put you on game, like I really appreciate it. So I I put a lot of people on game as well, and we do. They they they're like, nah, nah. And then I'm like, watch, do it, and then see what's the worst that can Talk happen. around and find out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But I think that's. That's important. That's so like, yeah. You gotta like build that confidence. That, yeah, that yeah. that takes it definitely time. takes confidence. Yeah. But like, you know how they say like, imagine the room is like naked when you go up to present or something like that. Like, it's the same kind of confidence. You just have to be like, just act dumb. Just like enjoy. Like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, somebody yeah. says no. Like, who cares? Yeah. Closed mouths don't get fed. Yeah, they don't. And it's not like an arrogant thing. The thing is like, they're giving this money to other people. They're just hoping that you don't say nothing and then they can take advantage of yeah. you. You so just like, have to know where to push. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have engineers who work with me who have like $1.5 million in equity and they do nothing. They continuously push work back and say that like something is not a, like, an option or we can't like out of scope or whatnot and you're like yo you're like making like almost two million dollars you know in like equity do the work <laughs> like what the hell like how much more do you need to be motivated it's not yeah. about money that drives motivation i'm not saying this in a way like you know Hopefully somebody doesn't like hear me say this and is like, oh, we're never going to hire Peter. Because like I bring a lot to the table. It's just I think corporations the same way they like segmented and said, you know, you're no longer going to be like a senior or a lead or an ACD and then be responsible for people's careers. We have two paths, an IC track where you're individual contributor and then you have a manager track. That way you can grow independently. You can still, there's no cap on how much you make and you can grow, but you're still within that lane. I think they need the same thing with like, are you more production heavy or are you more like ideation? It's the same, same yeah, thing. Play like, to people's strengths. Play to their strengths, exactly. And like, it's part of the diversity. Like some people are just really good at like banging out iterations, exploring different variations, you know, being very like highly specific around like the execution of the visual relationship. And then some people are more, you know, system thinkers. And then some people just want to come up with like innovation and ideation around like, what's the next thing or what can we do or what haven't we thought about? It's not like saying like, hey, I don't want to do production. I also don't want to do this because I'm lazy. It's like, where do you want me to put my attention? And answer honestly, because I think that like most of the time it's like, we want you to do all the hard work. We want you to do the strategy. We want you to do this like ideation and we really love your ideas, but we also want you to be our production bitch. Yeah. And it's like, yo, you don't get both. Like you get one. And then they're like, no, we get both. And then I'm like, and then we're like, this is unfair. Yeah. Like no other discipline does both. Because if you are spending your time both doing the ideating and you're, like, also putting, 
equal amount of energy into the production, then you're just like, you might waste cycles doing that if that's not what you're best suited for. Yeah. And that's a waste of their time. That's a waste of your time. Yeah. So right now, you've grown up in L.A. Were there any other cities that you are in before L.A.? Like, did you move around? Like, you no, just for work. I moved up to SF, or not never really SF, but like Cupertino, Sunnyvale. And then I moved up to Portland. I uh, just kept going up north. But like, as soon as I moved, I was like, I got to get back. Yeah. I remember interviewing at a couple places, and uh, it just wasn't like... It wasn't lucrative to come back. Yeah. It was really hard. There was, there's not that many like tech roles out here. And like, you know, like the only thing here was like Headspace. I think Google had an office, but they weren't like hiring like UX or product designers out here. It was mostly like engineering. Mm -hmm. Snapchat was here, very difficult to get in. Yeah, I just, I couldn't find the right job. So, would you say, like, the L.A. design community has grown? Like, what's the community like here? Honestly, I kind of like that there's a, there's a community, but I might not even need to tap into it. So, like, I've never been, like, a part of the design community. I feel like, like I mentioned, I've never been to a design conference. I don't really watch, like, design talks. I'm constantly inspired, but I'm inspired by things outside of my discipline. Mm. And I bring that stuff into the discipline. It doesn't have to be about design. Yeah. This is the best part about living back in LA. It's like my sister's a social worker. My other sister is a lawyer. And um, everyone you meet here is like doing other things. Like, yeah. Not, it's not so concentrated. Yeah. In Portland, I stuck a, like a sore thumb. Like, you're like, he works at Nike, 100%. And in SF, it's like, they work in tech. He works in tech. Yeah. She works in tech. Like, so there is like a very high concentration of like a design community, I guess. I just met really good people along the way. My design community is like across the web. Like, we're just like friends. We still message each other on IG and stuff like that. And like, some of them I have here in LA with me. So I hang out with them here. We have this like really cool like designer car club, mostly like brand designers and stuff, like the cool guys. You know Hassan? Raheem? Yeah, Raheem, yeah. 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 yeah, he has a BMW. We go on like drives in the mountains and stuff. I went with them a couple times. There's a couple guys from like luxury, total luxury spa and stuff that are yeah, all out yeah. here. So we link up and stuff. We barely talk design, like talk cars and life and stuff. Which is cool because cool. like you have yeah. like more inputs that are like connected to like different areas of life. Like you were talking about like dude at the gas station, yeah, around the corner, or just different people that you can learn from that like broaden that net so it's not just like the same thing that you're taking. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. I mean, like you can even see it. Like I recently got let go. My G. Then I, I joined like blind to see like what shit people are talking. And like, did you notice that like the signature at the bottom is like TC 350, 3, TC 220? Like, 
It stands for, yeah, it stands for total calm. I'm oh, like, yeah. y'all so cheesy, like, TC. And all these, like, <laughs> so little, like, dumb. acronyms and, yeah. like, kind of insider talk that, like... But it's, like, so tech, so tech, like, driven, like, yeah. it's all tech. And that's just, like, they have another acronym that stands for, like, Apple A-Gang or something like that. Do you know what it is? Like, Apple, oh. Facebook, Amazon, like, all the big ones. Yeah. And that's, like, an acronym. I didn't know that. I haven't been on that app in a, in a long time. It's horrible stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just trying to see what's up. Sometimes it's interesting things bubble yeah. up. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I prefer to just, like, be inspired by people who are doing other things in life, you know? And, like, yeah. also seeing people who are just, like, super joyful in, like, a very simple life. And, yeah. like, I think, like, I didn't grow up with much, so, like, you know, I gotta be happy if I'm like making money like and like slightly successful and yeah. so I should be I was happy when I wasn't making anything and I'm still happy so I don't know I don't I don't feel the need to like network and connect with like you know my design community and like go real hard into like yeah it's like a it's own like unique perspective because like I think it's it's more like like well-rounded yeah yeah and i mean like i always i'm learning from everyone but like i also think that like part of the design community stuff is to like preach like systems like process you know like i've always had this issue with like when they ask you like what is your process (laughs) i don't know process process is like (laughs) i'm quoting a friend of mine who said this it's like process is like how do you like mass produce genius? Mm. So you 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 have a problem at hand. It requires a unique solution yeah. to that problem. Who's the customer? What's the demographic? What's their age group? What's their problem? You know, how often do they have this problem? Yeah. Does everyone have this problem, or a slight few have this problem? Okay, how much? How loud do we have to be about solving this problem? All these things, yeah. all these variables, like create different solutions. So you can't have a process. Like process is just like for those that you want to make like a robot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You formulate it into a process and say, follow this process. So it's a one size fits all. But they want it so bad. Yeah. Like everyone wants a one size fits all because it's like productive, I guess. Which is just like, it's pretty fucking whack. It is, yeah. 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 I mean, let's build some AI bots to do our work. <laughs> That's productive. <laughs> Everything is like a bot today. Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? What do you think about I that? love it's it. Like AI Man, I've been using ChatGPT to do everything. <laughs> yeah. I've heard of friends using it to write like contracts. Just yeah. do those things that are like a little bit more. It's inaccurate though, you know? Yeah. Like, it's like really inaccurate. Like, yeah. I don't care though. Like, Lauren with Lauren was trying to burst my bubble and say like, you know, they took professionals from every industry and pressure tested chat DBT and it's completely like vague and like inaccurate. And I was like, you know what? As a person who struggles with attention deficit and a person who can't like, English is like my third language. I grew up speaking Arabic and Spanish. 
And then English is the last language that was introduced. So when I write, it it like gives me pain. I don't know if you <laughs> it, it it hurts. Like if somebody is like, can you please respond by end of day? I'm just like, oh. So like when Grammarly came out, I was like, yeah, I love this thing. Take my money, you know. It's a tool. They're it's all a tool. tools. It's like a tool. GPT is like a tool. It's like a it's a starting point. Stitch together anything you need to like make it sound more like you, but like they're starting points. Hundred percent. Yeah, I I throw in like random like ideas and I say organize my thoughts. Like I say organize these thoughts, semicolon, and then paste my ideas. Yeah. And it writes a brief for me. Like, come on. Even if it's inaccurate, like they're partially my ideas, yeah. mostly my ideas, and then I modify it. But it gave me a structure, you know, yeah. and it kind of does a little bit of the lifting for me. So, I don't know. But when you look at it, like, outside of, like, my personal selfish, like, frustration that I want to break from, it's kind of scary. Like, it can do some really crazy harm. I think it's, if people use it as, like, again, these are Isaiah's words mm-hmm. from the other day, of just, like, using it as a crutch to think, like, okay, this thing's going to do your job for you is, like, the wrong way to see it. Because, yeah. like, there's so many things that, like, it can't capture about a given task that you need to, like, account for. Yeah. What it does is it, like, it, it, it helps you pass the mundane and yeah. allows you to be a, a critical thinker. Yeah. Right? So, like, the value that you bring now cannot be task-driven value. Like, yeah. I know how to do X. It's like, okay, a machine can know, knows how to do X now. So how about like telling the machine like exactly what X is, like defining X. And like, that's where like, it gives us the time and opportunity and the creative like space to like come up with more unique creative things rather than focusing on like, oh my God, it's going to take me like three hours to write this like note back to my manager. Right. You know, because I don't know how to express myself the right way. I wish I could just speak. Yeah, on the phone and then like so you know I don't know I would never use it as a crutch I think that that's absolutely right like it cannot replace your job and it's very obvious when you use it to try to like do your work yeah like you get generic output yeah there's like no nuance no nuance yeah it's a machine I mean it's like you can it can have like some variable but to that though I think, like, if a machine can do, like, most of the tasks and what's left for us to do is the critical thinking, I wonder if, like, roles in corporate America start to shift away from, like, the production individual to more of the, like, what is the valuable employee at a company, you know? Yeah, like, what story is there in the thing that you're making? How are you directing that machine to like do some of those things that like will free up time and energy for you to do the things that are more like focused on just as a the things that like human beings can uniquely do? Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, like, even if you're just like simply like feeding the machine like yeah. what are you feeding the machine with 
if you feed the machine and the machine is now like doing its job, you're open to having more time now to like, can like reconsider what you fed. Yeah. You know, maybe like the question that you were asking is no longer the question that you're seeking an answer for. Yeah. Now you're looking for something else. So uh, I'm curious on like what it does to like the education system and like school and like papers and dissertations and things like that. Like. Do kids need to even read books anymore? Can they like get summaries? I mean, we used to have, what well, was it, like, like cliff notes and yeah. stuff like that, like book, like things that like summarize stuff. Like they were okay, but they didn't give you like the depth. Yeah. Man, I don't know if, it, if it's gonna be good or bad or- We'll see. We'll see. I think it, like the tool's gonna grow, we're gonna evolve and like learn how to work with it over time, um, which I think is all like pretty exciting. Yeah. I think this is like a problem too with uh, this notion of like being so productive yeah. with our time that we need a bot to do this. You know that like that that tool that I, I showed you today, the, the the AI tool, the Descript. Yeah. It saves you time, so that you can do what? Create more content. Yeah. Okay. So you create more and more content. How valuable is that content? If it can, if it takes you less and less time to make, yeah, are you making spam? You know, or are you making like quality output? Yeah, but you're just like, so like I think like there's a threshold where it's like, if I can optimize my life so that I, instead of producing like one YouTube video or one podcast a day, I can produce six. What does that really do? Like, my, yeah, how good is that? Podcast? Nobody's gonna listen yeah. to six yeah. podcasts from your channel, like. That's overwhelming. Yeah. So I don't know if it really helps us. I think there's some, yeah, there's like non-problems that like it's trying to solve. That I say like, oh, like, yeah, you can make more stuff, but like, yeah, what's the, what's the benefit of making more stuff? Yeah, it kind of diminishes the value of everything else. Like I'm showing this like, my, our neighbor uh, down the street had like a Christmas party and then like another neighbor from the, the neighborhood was like there. She saw me, she said, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. Uh, um, what do you do for a living? And we started talking and she's like, God, oh, this technology is crazy. I read something the other day, like you can just like type and like get images. And I was like, yeah, you, you want to show you? And I showed her and then she was like, she gave me the weirdest, most specific thing. She's like a painter. So she's like, do like a, a woman wearing a, a forgot what it was called like a, a bonnet or something uh with a blue background and this and that and like mm -hmm. it generated it and she's like oh my god like this is crazy she's yeah. like that's not that accurate to like the 19 oh she told me specifically like 18 1800s or 1820s or something and it wasn't that accurate but she's like it's pretty much there and she's like i would print this and then make it large and then use it as a reference so that I can paint on top of it or like paint next, next to it. So I would like tell it to like add birds in the background or whatever. And then she's like, but then it's kind of boring because then like, I'm just tracing. Yeah. And then she was like, and then it kind of like, does it really like make the painting feel like it was worth anything? So, so like it loses like value. Yeah. Yeah. So like now, like the painting, which like, even if nobody like bought it in like a gallery, but 
to her, it was worth, it was sentimentally worth, yeah. you know, let's say $10,000 sentimentally, if it equates to money. Now it's worth half or less. Because like she put in effort, but not all of the effort. Right. I don't know, it's yeah. just like, are we in like a, like even reels and TikToks, like they just like, you know, one person comes and says, you know, follow this, because Profit Plug told me how you can save money. Right. And then another person repeats it, another person repeats it, or somebody else tells you some other law and all this stuff, and like everyone's going up to their CPA, like, I saw this thing where you can do this, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. and it's like, no, that's completely inaccurate. It's not like that. It works kind of like this, but a little bit different. And then they're just being like fed, 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 fed with like. It's like junk food. Junk food. Yeah. Completely junk food. Yeah. Like, if you want to save money on taxes, go hire a CPA and, like, figure it out. Like, don't watch TikTok trends and stuff. And, like... Yeah, and, like, use that as a way of just, like, making important decisions or... Or you're lying to yourself, you know? You're just, like, in bed scrolling and you're, like, saying, like, I'm thinking I thought of all these ideas and, like... It's kind of... that's It's overwhelming. It's it too is. much. I'm, I'm really tired of all this social stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I think that leads to like the last thing I wanted to ask, like as we wrap up, which is, are there any things happening in design that like you think we need to leave behind? The whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think like you know, I know you're working on like candles and uh, and inset holders and, and and whatnot, and like I was showing you that example of the rock. And like, it didn't hit me until you like mentioned like drilling a drill bit into a rock, like a hole so that you can, that, that's your inset. It's like, it's going to the like, back to the elements, right? Like yeah. to the core. I think like we're missing that. And we're, we're actually not designing. Like we're not designing anything. What we're doing is we're making companies rich and Design, the intention for design is just to like, to create products that like accompany your life, not to sell you something. Yeah. And it's one of the main reasons why I left e-commerce, because it was just like, how do we get them to click the blue buy button? You yeah. know, like, what is the best way to optimize to get them to like, learn about the product, feel comfortable enough to know everything about the product, make the right decisions also, scare them a little by showing like low inventory information i mean this stuff is not like inaccurate it's like real like stuff but like so many things were are done in a way to like like for instance like the reason why facebook is not making money or instagram's not making money is they're pouring so much money in reels and reels is not profitable they're not running ads on reels this is not like to throw shade or anything at the company, but you can't start putting ads in a product if nobody is interested in it. Yeah. So you got to get people used to it. And when they like it and they love it and they can't stop using it, then you start implementing ads. It's like, what are we designing? We're designing like addictive bad behaviors and then saying that that's good design. Like, it's not with design. It's, like, guiding people towards a path and then saying you have no option. Yeah, you're, like, trapping people. You're trapping people. Like ecosystem. Yeah. 
design, like real design, is like you need a pot to, you know, to boil water. You have a physical object that's that's designed. Like you need a website to like give information. It can be designed true, but at this point, like we've gone to a point where like it doesn't feel like it's designed anymore. Yeah. Just like it's, I think it just feels like a lot of corporations are not. Just allowing for things to be designed. Apple aside, I think Apple does like interesting things because like they wrap it around products and they give value in these products, and they try to do the best thing because they care about the experience. They're always about the experience. But some people like will be like, "We need an app," and you're like, "Why?" And they're like, "Because everyone has an app." Yeah, but that's like that's when you know design is like dead. Something's wrong. Or just like people's motives for designing like art. Yeah. Where it's like, why does that thing need to exist? How is it different? Of course, of course. And I've seen this like happen in a lot of cases, like doing something very flashy, very cool, very nice, just for leadership. Yeah. You know, making like this the most beautiful deck to sell to leadership. Get leadership excited, leadership sends it to like shows the board, everyone sees this new vision of where we're going. And what happens, it takes pressure off of the business. It maybe raises more money. Like the incentive is like internal. People outside don't give a shit. Yeah. The customer doesn't see the value. Internally, like we're doing, we're creating problems for ourselves. Yeah. I don't know, not, I'm not like 100% there. So it's kind of sketchy because, like, maybe to end this, it's like, I don't know if I want to go back to corporate America. You know, like, I made really good money. I maxed out. I did, like, pretty damn good. Like, I could just shut up and just continue making it. But, and, like, I have a baby on the way. I'm scared. Like, I want to have income and stuff. Like, I'm not, like, trying to not work. But, like... It's really hard for like even employers to like appreciate what I can bring to the table when I feel like a lot of it's like bullshit. Mm. And it's like kind of hiding that is like weird. I don't know, maybe it's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm like, you know how like you can just be like, you can be like clinically depressed. Maybe I'm like uh, technologically depressed. Like, you know, like I'm, I don't. I can't see it in a positive light for anymore, or I don't know if it's, I haven't seen, I haven't been led in that direction for a while. Doing it long enough to like have an opinion on like the things that you're best suited to contribute to and you're not. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong in like. There's some projects though that I do get joy from. Yeah. Like there have been things that I've done that I'm like, this is actually a good thing. This is actually needed. We're yeah. designing what's needed. Like it's, it's, it's at its core. Like, it's like getting like the right elements, the core elements. I think it's just like right now we're in a phase where like it, it's very similar to architecture. And architecture, the kind of reference would be like, we moved into the era of like, ornament, right? Yeah. Like, what is the like form needs to follow function is like what they say. But we're in a decorative, ornamental state where everything is like showy, fluffy, 
but it's really just like it's a facade. There's yeah. no, there's no, there's no substance. And the inverse of that was like minimalism and like the Bauhaus movement and like simplifying and getting like very simple lines, like being like so raw that it was cold almost. We're like trying to find a new stage. And I think like design has gone through that same state where it's like, there has to be something different. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what Something's it is. gotta give. Something's gotta yeah. give, yeah. 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 We'll see where it goes. Yeah. Well, yeah, maybe I'll be there, maybe I won't. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for doing this. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you everyone for listening. As always, we hope this inspires you and would love to hear from you. We're going to share a little bit more about our guests in the episode notes, as well as the Venture Instagram, which is at vtr.world, where you can reach out to us with any questions, suggestions, or just follow along. Catch you next time. <laughs>